Dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom. Oracle Soup with your host, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thies, two saucy sisters, broadcasting from that magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas. And inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. On Facebook, like our Oracle Soup page and share your wisdom. Soup is hot and it's ready to be served. Welcome to Oracle Soup. I'm Gina Thies and I'm here with Katrina Wynn. Hello, Katrina. Howdy. <laughs> You didn't have to do that. I had to. I didn't have to do that. Well, we have another very exciting episode of Oracle Soup, and we are glad that you are here with us, and we're going to get into the topic. Would you want to tell our listeners what the topic is today? You know what? It's about how to fall in love with a new deck, I think. You know, how to make friends, and not so much into how do you pick that deck. Of course, we could talk more about that. But how do you get to know that new deck? How do you unveil and take the layers and, and go deeper with it and understand its unique qualities and characteristics? That's right. So we're going to have something for the person that's maybe just a casual collector to someone who's been doing this and this whole hat to uh, opening decks and collecting decks and whatnot. So we are very excited to have you here again. So stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in to Oracle Soup. Pull up a chair and join Gina and Katrina for a bowl of warm and nourishing conversation. Coming up next. Welcome to Oracle Soup, and I am Katrina Wynn out here on the West Coast, and where are you, Gina? Don't, 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 it's my uh, country and western sound at the heart of Texas. Deep in the heart of Texas. Hey, girlfriend. Well, you know what's so cool? Now, those of you who've been listening to Oracle Soup, obviously this is an audio podcast. Uh, it's not video. But fun thing you may not realize is that Gina and I are on Skype looking at each other. We can see each other while we're doing the podcast, and which is perfect for what we're doing today. What we're going to do today is we both have a brand new deck. It's the same deck. And we are going to take you, our listeners, through the experience and some of the sh- kind of really cool ideas about how to explore a new deck and make friends with that new deck. And so we're going to make friends with the same deck together, aren't we? That's right. And we, uh, you know, the experience of opening a new deck, I, 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 my mother was a smoker for years and I've been around smokers and it's like the joy of opening a fresh pack of cigarettes. And I use that analogy because decaholics love new decks. Um, deck collectors, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm a deck collector, but I buy a lot of decks. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's maybe <laughs> maybe I'm closer to a deck hoarder. I'm not really sure. I'm the uh, if, if anybody's seen pictures of my closet uh, <laughs> and the problem that I have, um, 
the same thing with shoes, but uh, there's there's variety and I love variety. And so I'm really excited about opening this deck. It's been sitting yes. and waiting and we've been Well, you know, with that this. cigarette analogy, that really works well because sometimes like in this deck in particular, it comes with a plastic wrap around it. And I wanted to start off just with that thought because, you know, sometimes you get that new deck and that plastic wrapping is on so tight. You're like, how do I get the plastic off without hurting the box, you know, or the cards or something? Oh, and so yeah. one of the things I want to share with our listeners is what I do. I take my little paper cutter so uh, by paper cutter I mean like a letter opener and typically what a letter opener has is like a fairly dull but pointed area and then it'll have something like a razor blade in it so you kind of poke into and slide it along the edge of the envelope but that's what I'm going to do with my deck here I'm going to kind of take the little edge and poke it in and then allow the razor to actually cut the plastic all the way down the edge of the deck and now I have a nice, neat opening so where I can peel sound effects. <laughs> I myself carry my own blades on my fingernails, so um, I'll just I'll run mine down the edge of that little opening. Um, I'm, I usually have something very like an exacto blade to just kind of go through that uh, uh, wrapping very carefully. Because if you're a collector, you do not want any sort of damage to your deck. So that's very, very important. One more thing is if you are like a serious, serious collector, typically you buy two copies of the same deck. So you have your working deck and then you have your collector deck that you never take out of the plastic. <laughs> you never take out of the plastic, which um, for anything, uh, if any collector will tell you, yes, you don't open it. If it's, un, you know, there are a lot of box that, boxes that don't. Uh, aren't wrapped but the inside as we will see oh you're just so eager to take know, the clothes off girlfriend <laughs> i am i don't send that box. Any, i don't waste That's any the time best thing in the box so what i do here's the other thing i do you probably don't realize this but every book and every deck that i get i put a little sticky note on it i used to put my name in them but now i just put sticky notes in that tell me what year and sometimes where i got that deck Sometimes I know people ask me, well, where'd you get that when you, when you were shopping? What did you have on? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what store I was in. I got <laughs> But decks are a little bit different for me. I'm a power so, shopper. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. So I don't have time. to. But decks. Um, she took me out. She <laughs> helped me different. pick out some shoes and uh, some leggings. And, and then what did we do? Oh, and then we got our nails done. <laughs> <laughs> uh well yeah so you've seen the picture so yeah that was like nothing anyway for for me decks have meaning i mean tarot is my life um and so getting a deck i there's always some important circumstance that in terms of where i would buy a deck even if it's standing in front of the tarot garden's desk table <laughs> That's, that's like a ritual right there. <laughs> I got that from them. I got, you know, so those things I, I uh, year, I do not, it, typically if it's new, it's going to have the copyrighted year. So that, that gives me a clue, yeah. but not all the time as right. to when I purchased the deck. But that's a really good practice to do for the serious collector. 
And so then the next thing you want to do is you really want to study the box. And sometimes you study the box before you even buy that deck, right? And so you get a sense of the size of the cards and you look at the outside. In this box in particular, there's some sample cards on the outside. Uh, there's a, a beautiful full image on the front. And then when you look at the back, there's also a nice diversity and gives you an idea of what this deck is going to look like in terms of major cards. Uh, I think uh, most of the cards that are displayed on this box are major cards. No, there's some minor cards, I think, on the edges. And it's so colorful. That's the other thing. You get a sense of the color if they have sample cards. And this is a fairly sturdy box. This is one of those boxes where the lid, you know, comes off and then everything sits in the hard cardboard outer and then it comes with a booklet. So that's the next thing you look at, right, Gina, is what kind of little book comes with these cards? Right. And there's a lot in uh, just in terms of um, contrast on this, what we would call the spine, just like the spine of the book, I guess, for the box. Uh, this particular one has, as you said, little little. Uh, cards along the spine and border some decks you don't have the opportunity to see what the cards look like so you're basically looking at a front and back of the box with the wording on the on the spine on the side most of us either the title or the actual image will draw us in to help us make a decision if we are not familiar um, with the deck that's I, a great topic yeah yeah I, I now for me um, I kind of before I uh, and again most of most decks and this is good for collectors too because if it, like sometimes you don't get a, a a a box that's completely wrapped but the inside the packet the deck itself will be wrapped and mine is still wrapped and so before I actually like to go through the book if I have an opportunity um, and browse through the little book that comes with um, the deck and and some we 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 know in most uh, and depending on the printer but your, your like your US games I believe will do the little white book we call it because we even talk about that a lot that's one of the things we in the tarot uh, lingo we, we talk about it comes with a little white book black and white and generally it's just going to be the text of the 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 card uh, a little story of the card or the you know the upright and reversed or ill dignified meanings uh, this particular deck has a really nice book um, nice book. really nice book what i'm really excited about is seeing colored images yes it's i just peeked through it and not only does it have colored images it actually has layouts of the cards uh lots of different samples so it describes each one of the cards but then it even goes into describing how to do certain types of layouts and how to work with the cards so it's almost like almost everything you would need for this deck but and almost i'm telling you the age of the computer in in uh you know, getting this stuff laid out. This would have been uh, from a putting my um, putting my uh, graphic designer hat on. <laughs> uh, thinking of the nightmare this would do be to do a four color process on these tiny images. Uh, you know, for me, I look through a book and I actually. Um, decide if it's going to be a book that I'm going to work with or one I'm going to actually leave in the box and I tell you why I do that um, is the difference there is if it's something uh, images that are what we would call a classic tarot image versus uh, having to learn something that is a theme deck in ah. which the artist has decided to 
um, you know, have their own interpretation and description or if it's a new system. So that's, you know, I, I look through the book to kind of determine what I need to know. And uh, I also enjoy looking and reading and seeing, you know, what, what's the, what's their idea of what this means. So, um, you know, if it's a, if it's like, typical... for instance, do you take one card and maybe compare it to something, you know, in another deck and just see if they have a similar or what's different a about bit it later on, but we're just mm-hmm. at the book stage and some little white books are very um I don't want to say repetitive, but, but it's like, okay, this is, this is really, I mean, some of them are literally like, okay, this is this, and I'm just moving it over to this deck. So it's like, okay, so I really don't, you know, I just make sure they haven't changed anything. So it's like, okay, well, so then you will um, um, go in the box. And we have to, at some point, maybe do a show on an episode on the value of the little white book versus, you know, what, you know, some people feel like, get away from the little white book and some people think it's yes, absolutely some people say pertinent. throw it away yeah, yeah. and so well, there's this, value in the little white book but this yeah, book- i used to tell my students the plus and minus briefly of the little white book uh if the creator the artist or the creator of the deck had any influence with the publisher hopefully the information in the little white book is in the same order so for instance when that those cards come out of the box they're in a particular order. And often that order is very intentional, at least for the person who created that deck. And if you go back to the little white book, it'll tell you what the intended order is. But that's not to to say that sometimes the publisher makes mistakes and puts it in a completely different order. I've opened decks and have had, as a matter of fact, my most favorite deck in the world, which we won't talk about but i'll just show you since we're on skype actually had duplicates oh yes and that will happen um especially if it's a if it's a um, not a uh, i would say not one of the larger publishers but if it's someone that you know has a smaller run um and i actually had that happen with another deck and it was like i got half of the deck and so it was duped the other half was duplicated (laughs) so i had to go back and say oh Guess what? Uh, yes. But they're very nice. They took care of everything. They're you have almost always very good about that. I felt very lucky to get duplicate cards. So it's like this <laughs> is my special deck. But uh, yes, you have to do that sort of stuff. So right. where are we now? For We're, Okay, I am just now taking the plastic off of my <laughs> cards. There we go. That and sounds, so, it sounds like, you know, you, you've ever been in, in class and you couldn't eat candy in class? You'd, <laughs> you'd hear the rapper, like somebody's, somebody's opening a Snickers bar. I can hear it. I'm starving before lunch. That's what, it's, that's what it comes, kind of sounds like. So the right? next thing I notice is, of course, I notice the back of the cards. I notice the size and the format and how the cards fit into my hands. Ooh, that's I a notice very the f- important part in yes. terms of if you are collecting a deck versus making it one that you will actively use mm-hmm. is consider the size and yes. how well you will be able to shuffle it. Um, there's not, I mean, you know, I, there's, there's a whole other show we could do on if the card, if a card flies out from you shuffling, but um, you know, if you're at an, I've had the this experience of losing a card in the wind sitting outside and I'm shuffling and not paying attention and oops, the card flies out and it almost makes it into uh, the Mediterranean. So, <laughs> you know, if a card is, the cards are too big for you to handle, you may want to uh, 
do that. It's it's nothing like being at, you know, uh, an event and shuffling the cards fly because they're too big and people have got to uh, <laughs> stop and pick up your cards. So uh, just very little, practical. Yeah, very, very practical here. So then the other thing I like to notice is whether the deck came with a cover card. And often when you have a cover card of some sort or a publisher's card, it'll tell you when the deck was published, by whom. It might tell you very specifically who the artist is, as well as sometimes there's a, a different person who wrote the little book or booklet that goes with it. And so sometimes all the information's in there. Sometimes there's additional advertising. Sometimes there's additional cards, by the way. There's not always just, if you're working with Tarot, for instance, there isn't always just the seven to eight card. Sometimes there's an additional card. Uh, by the way, what we're talking about, you can use with any deck, not just with a Tarot deck, right? That's any deck. Um, we've even talked about this is even a book. Uh, looking at the cover, the back cover, you would typically read that. Most decks will tell you if it's a 78 card um, deck versus more, having extra. Um, there are a few decks that they, uh, because of the uh, where the strength and, and, and justice cards are at, uh, interchanged, yes. people will actually print cards. Uh, you know, give you both. So they'll do an extra justice and an extra strength or an extra, um, there's the 12th deck that has, mm -hmm. uh, there's more than one ma uh, magician, is it, I believe? And Three. So, yes. And so um, you'll have extra cards. Um, some there, There's a whole other discussion on if you, uh, let's leave them in and see what happens in the, yes. in the, re <laughs> in the reading. Exactly. Uh, the wild card. It, it, or yeah. even the Osho Zen deck they have an osho card who's the teacher who's the intermediary between the major and the minor arcana how so cool. it's kind of cool how cool so the next thing i try to look for is what is the order of the cards for instance did they start with the major first and then go into the minor did they start with the zero with the fool first or did they start with the 21 uh, and then when i look at the minor cards i want to look at which suit came first you know, what order did they put the four suits? Because that's going to tell me something about the intention of that artist and the way they might, uh, if there was, well, first it'll tell me if there was an intention. And then second, it might tell me a little more about what their intention is in terms of maybe if there's a hierarchy of the elements or if there's a particular relationship between them. And then, of course, between each suit, if we're working with Tarot, I'm going to be looking at in what is the order of the suit. Does it start with an ace and does it run all the way through the people cards? And are the people cards people cards or are they other kinds of symbols? So there's a lot of things you can learn when you first open up that deck. Absolutely. Sometimes um, I've seen decks where the fool is actually not the very first card. They have placed it behind the world card. So those are the things you want to pay attention to. And it may, again, it may or may not be intentional. So that's the age, age old question of where does the fool go? I've even seen them in the center. Um, and yeah. that, that may have not, that may not have been intentional, <laughs> but I, I've, I've come across that and went, okay, so what are you trying to tell but me? Then you could, but then you can compare it to the little white book or the booklet, or yeah. sometimes it comes as a book deck combo. So the next thing I do is, uh, especially I, I do this with all my beginning students, is I say, if you really want to get to know that new deck, the next thing you want to do is you want to spread out your entire deck to make sure, first off, that all of your cards are there, and then to put them in the order of the major arcana at the top, 
And then the minor arcana, I usually spread beneath the major. For instance, under the magician, I'm going to put all the aces. And then on and on, under the high priestess, I'm going to put all the twos. And I'm going to run each one of those suits all the way out through the four court or people cards. And then I'm going to see, first off, are all my cards here? What kind of color themes are in the deck? Is there maybe a symbol theme, especially if they've moved away from, like you said, one of the traditional decks, like a weight deck or something? And they might have their own uh, sensitivities. For instance, they may have chosen a particular color to run through the background of each suit that might be associated with that suit's element. The other thing you want to watch for is, did they change the names of some of the cards? So, for instance, is Zero really called the Fool, or is it called something else? Uh, When you look at the different suits are they going to be like those traditional weight type names by weight i mean the the um what some people call the writer weight or the weight smith deck or did they go with a theme like when we're looking at our deck i mean the, i think this is a great time to maybe tell people what our deck is right well think? you know i'm old hat to this so i i actually um uh, you know one of the things we talk about in in, in tarot is that a deck a brand new deck is a, a symbol of an organized universe. So with so, our special deck today, what I'm, I'm noticing in terms of those suits that you were just talking about, uh-huh. uh, in, in terms of the order, they went from the major arcana, zero through the 21, and then they went into a suit called Earth. Now, Earth would probably be something we associate with pinnacles because of the element of Earth. Well, we may not want to assume. I've seen elements assigned differently to. That's so true. So we have. That's why you got to go back to your little book. Yeah, we we don't want to assume that for this deck, this is Earth. Um, But then um, we go into the sea, and I really think the sea has to do with water. There's a lot of blue in there. And, and look, I'm looking at these beautiful dolphins. Again, um, I've, I've seen places switched. So uh, in terms <laughs> of elements, uh, seriously, and it's just like, oh, okay, well, um, how to integrate what you've learned versus what, um, you know, what the intention is. So we can, we're, we're making an assumption that yes. this is where but she is. It's a fun guessing game for me. It, yeah, no, it really, really is. So, Because one of the things I teach my students is that you should be able to pick up any tarot deck, even if you've never seen it before, and be able to use it. Because there's certain elements, obviously, within the template that are going to show up. And in here, it's a real giveaway because I'm looking at all the colors and the, and the different creatures on the different cards. And to me, they represent those elements. So, for instance, now I'm looking at the sky. And I'm going to associate the sky with air. And I'm seeing a lot of yellow in here, which is also something I associate with the air. And that's the third suit. And then the fourth suit is called Art. And I'm seeing things that represent what I associate with wands and fire. Now, um, are you ready to, uh, because we're going to be. Yes, uh, let's start. We've already given given some hints. So let's go ahead and tell them what deck we're looking at. Yes, we are looking at um, the Minoan Tarot by Ellen Lorenzi Prince. Uh, Ellen was very graciously um, um, asked to you know gave us copies for review i'm really excited about this deck because it really was something that i had in the back 
uh, my <laughs> mind and, and still do. And, and she and I've talked about this to, to actually do because I'm very, very uh, fascinated um, with the Minoan culture. Uh, the Minoans, if you have uh, not heard of the Minoans, the, uh, they're spelled M-I-N-O-A-N, the Moans of the island of Crete, uh, C-R-E-T-E is what I'm saying, which is a little island um, in the Mediterranean off the coast um, um, of, of Greece, which they are now inclusive um, into the um, into Greek, but they're not so certain if that was always the case. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm willing to bet that probably um, oh, this is a, you yeah. know a later a later thing. But you know you of have course. your Aegean cultures um, and whatnot, so it's very interesting too that Katrina and I both both have um, the Minoan culture uh, in, in terms of interest. Um, in common. I'm not sure how, how deep you are into the Minoans, Katrina, but I tell you. <laughs> well, let's just say I'm, I think where I really resonate with you, and of course with Ellen too, is I feel really close to Greece. And I do remember spending a whole week on Crete and going to the museums and just being fascinated and reading about the bull runners. Remember the bull runners and the, the, the labyrinth? There's, of course, a lot of myths uh, that are associated with that amazing ancient culture and so kind of going back to the idea of when one selects a deck you know sometimes people select decks that are very very traditional hey it's a weight or a weight derivative or crowley or continental or marseille or, or whatever but obviously with ellen that's not the direction she went in at all each one of these cards are absolutely unique but they're representing a culture and to me any deck can be a cross-cultural study and so as you're studying this particular deck, you're going to learn a lot. And I know I'm learning a lot because I just opened it. I'm going to continue to learn a lot more about the Minoan culture and have appreciation for the masculine and the feminine spirit and the way that it was portrayed in that culture. And that's, I think, one of the things we're attracted to about it, right, is there there really is an honoring of the feminine. Well, you know, one. In terms of any of of, of my my interest, one being the Minoans, but also the the Egyptians and the Mayans and all of these really ancient um, cultures, as I look at how I have gotten to where I am now from these people as being our ancestors, just in terms of an, an earthly. Uh, presence and culture, um, if that makes sense. So I, I love to connect with that because I'm always interested. Where do I come from and where am I going? Right. So could um, you imagine working with this deck and maybe exploring that even further? Like maybe even doing some past life type readings and. You know, one of the the, the things that I I feel connected to Crete is because I actually feel like I've been there you know, in a past life. Um, and that, con that, that connection came through many, many other things I've explored, but I've actually been to Crete twice and I've been literally to the depths of Crete doing, I've hiked, uh, I've gone to the uh, cave of Zeus where the mythology says the, that uh, Zeus was born. So I've hiked down in the belly of these really interesting caves. Um, one of the things I've learned about the Minoans is that we don't know if they called themselves the Minoans. That came later. Um, Arthur 
Evans, the archaeologist who dis discovered um, this site uh, in, in Heraklion, um, when he, he began ex excavating, and so they came upon this this palace. And so that term, uh, he thought it was the um, uh, the traditions of the King King Minos, which uh, then they just termed uh, this right. palace was King Minos, and so they started calling them um, the Minoans. So we don't know what they call themselves. Um, in terms of what they have in their art, you see a lot of really dark, uh, curly-haired, wavy-haired people. Yeah. Um, and even uh, what they ended up doing, as many, many of the ancient cultures do, which is why we don't know what they look like, is typically men uh, were painted darker and women lighter. So that was the differentiation because men also had long hair. So how do you differentiate? <laughs> uh, besides the obvious, you know, of... of uh, genitalia or or breast so um well you know you brought up another very important point i think which is when you get a beautiful deck such as this minoan tarot by ellen lorenzi prince is that not only are we going to rely upon the book that came with the deck to learn about the deck but i think it also is worthwhile to go outside and collect additional books on that culture for instance in this case to learn more about it this is the same thing when i teach my beginning classes and i talk about for instance the herbal tarot and the herbal tarot what if you want to learn about herbs but you already knew about tarot it would open up the door for you and the, the other way around what if you knew a lot about herbs and this is michael tierra's book but you didn't know much about tarot oh well good this is a real shoe-in to learning more about tarot so it can work both directions that way i really think of it as being very cross-cultural um, absolutely. You you have to go in and, and kind of encompass other things in order to learn. Now, uh, if you are a stickler for tradition, uh, this may not be a deck that you're uh, comfortable with. I mean, I couldn't imagine why. I wanted to expand on what you know and what you collect. But there are some decks in my personal collection that they're not what I call working decks. They're strictly pretty pieces of art um, or of collecting them in, in hopes of knowing that they're very, very special or rare. So they're not going to be a, a working deck. And it's not that I'm, I, I'm interested in them for the quality of whatever importance, because there are many mm -hmm. that I have for different reasons. But uh, my working decks, you know, if you want to use this as a working deck, that's you're going to have to look at the artist's intention. Yes. And um, assigning, you know, if it meshes with what you already know, because I think uh, reading becomes, uh, you know, there, there are many different circumstances in when, when the process of reading, but it also is stuff that we don't do push back and push into our um, subconscious that we, you know, we actually, you know, we're working with. And speaking of working, another way of working, and I know this from Ellen's work and her other decks, so she's done amazing decks like the Crone deck and um, what was the latest the one? Dark, the Dark Goddess Tarot. Yes, which by the way, I did want to mention, if you want to find her website, is www.darkgoddesstarot.com. And so the type of, and by the way, this is published by Arnell's Art. And that's Arnel Ando, who does the tours to Europe and Italy, right? Which I've the also tours. had the, the privilege. Ellen and I actually were on one of Arnel's uh, Italy tours, who's, you know, both of these are so sweet and wonder, wonderful um, people. So, yes, uh, yeah. she has uh, yeah, several decks out. And 
But the thing is, is when you're working with Ellen's decks, they're not designed to be like fortune telling kind of decks. I think they're really designed to do deep exploration and ritual and, and most often delving deeply into the feminine spirit, if I can say that. And by the way, men also have a feminine spirit. So I'm not uh, trying to eliminate anybody when I say that, but that's what her decks I find are particularly good at and also honoring the goddess traditions and learning more about them. So, and on that note, I think they, they can be working decks. It just depends on what type of work you're interested in. And, and again, working decks, that's why I called it that. Cause that could be whatever work you intend uh, you know there are many many things that we use um, um, and then also perfect per, uh, personal preference I mean we have decks that we want people to touch and then we don't want them to touch there's all you know different types of of uh, preferences in terms of working with um, decks and what we choose to use them for um, one of the things I do want to also mention about this deck and talking about Ellen um, I did get to hear her give a talk about this before this de- this deck was published and all of the images in the Minoan Tarot are actual images from the Minoan art. She did a ton of research and she replicated them as they appear in the actual art. So they're very, very familiar images, one being the uh, snake goddess, you know, very famous image of uh, Crete. And uh, some of the images she mentioned were so small and so distorted she was there with a magnif- a very powerful magnifying glass trying to do the outlines and trying to replicate them as closely as possible to their original state. The Minoans used what we would call primary colors. Um, you know, there's your blue, there's your yellow, your you know, black, red. You're going to see very basic colors. And so, um, you know, it seems very simple to do, but as an artist, that's <laughs> that's really hard and, and of course um uh you know she's got just the the amazing images that i'm i'm looking forward to and going you know where and some of them are not like the the whole piece of say like a mural there's you know just specific little pieces and parts but the the, the artwork of the Manoans just so fascinating so fascinating i'm very excited and thank you ellen this is a wonderful wonderful deck Thank you, Ellen. I'm holding your cards next in my heart right now. (laughs) And so I'm hoping you as our listeners enjoyed our exploration because not only is this like the the how-to in terms of getting to know a new deck, but it's also about how to fall in love with a new deck because that's what we're doing right now. We're falling in love. We purposely did not open the deck until we were doing this live with each other, which is now recorded, of course. <laughs> but we wanted you to experience with us what is it like to kind of have this new friend and be excited about it, which I'm very excited. And plus, of course, doubly excited because I know you have the deck in your hot little hands over there. And, uh, of course, because it comes from Ellen. Absolutely. And the next time we will talk about care uh, in storing a deck that's an, another wonderful topic that we don't have time to cover at this moment but we would love to thank you all for listening and bearing with us on this very extensive topic but very important um, for us to to do this and as a, 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 a friend and colleague of our dear Ellen Lorenzi Prince so again thank you Katrina and thank you all for listening 
you for spending time with us at Oracle Soup. We invite your comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, also named Oracle Soup. Be sure to visit our website, oraclesoup.wordpress.com, for hot new servings of our saucy talks, as well as past podcasts stored in our Oracle Soup pantry. And visit our individual websites and learn more about our dynamic offerings. Katrina Wynn at tarotcounseling.org. Counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G. And .org is like Oregon. Gina Thies at tarotadvisor.com. Advisor spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This podcast is intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now.